wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio on Draft Thursday for April 23rd, 2020. I am Graham Jesus and Matthews, and for the third consecutive week, I think third or fourth consecutive week. We got Mr. Marceau back here on the show. He's been on the show so much, I don't even know how often he's been on the show up to this point. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio. Glad to be back, GSM. Another Thursday, another Mr. Marceau appearance. <laughs> Can we expect to have you on the show every week until this quarantine is over? I mean, if, if if that's the case, then I mean, I might be around every week. Who knows? Hey, time permitting. And in that case, I really hope this quarantine goes on for a long time because I, I enjoy nothing more than having the insight and expertise of Mr. Marceau right here on WrestleRant Radio. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I couldn't even tell you when I'm going back to work. I'm like a normal setting, so I mean... Why not just take a little time out of my day and talk to GSM about some wrestling? Hey, why not? Why not? All, all we got to do at this point, if we're going to have Mr. Marceau back on the show consistently for the first time in several years, all we need is the EC Radio setup. You need an Einstein's bagel with some cream cheese, and I think we're good to go. <laughs> Seriously, maybe a little Sprite. <laughs> I usually got a little Sprite action with that, too, but <laughs> the good old EC Radio days, good times. Is that what you used to drink? Was it Sprite? I thought it was like a, a doctor uh, Diet Coke or something. Was it always no, a Sprite? I, I always used to get a uh, everything bagel toasted with a plain cream cheese and then a Sprite normally with it. Or like maybe if they had chocolate milk, but usually it's Sprite or chocolate milk. The funny thing is that I think you were the one that actually turned me on to the idea of getting the bagels from there because like for the first three or four years I went to school there, I never had any of the bagels ever. I, I mean, I, I would always get the bagels from the uh, that small cafe that they had, but <laughs> you're going to die at this. I would always buy the bagel, but have it raw, like not cooked, no cream cheese, just buy the fucking <laughs> bread. I don't know why I did that and I think I, I somewhat enjoyed it, but I didn't like it that much so i didn't start buying the bagels until i'm like oh that seems pretty good what he's getting and then i don't know if i got the everything bagel but i definitely got the sesame bagel and i i got it every time and it was amazing <laughs> the funniest thing is that how you bring up bring eating a plain bagel just like raw you know, <laughs> we went to vegas with double or nothing and i went down to starbucks in the hotel at yeah. new york new and I was like, oh, can I get, like, a bagel, toaster, cream cheese? Like, we don't have a toast there, so, like, we only have bagel. What? And I'm like, okay, just assuming the bagel would still be kind of warm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I brought it up to our room and, like, ch- choked it down. I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> Wait a second. I think that was before we went. Yeah, I remember that because I was taking a shower for, like, 45 minutes. And then you came <laughs> back. <laughs> and you came back within that time that I was still taking a shower. And uh, I think you were like, were you putting the shit on yourself? Yeah, I had to, like, put the cream cheese on myself, but the bagel was, like, ice cold, so I'm, like, eating it. It's, like, dry. I'm, like, this sucks. And I remember we wa- we started walking down the strip. For StarCast, we walked- yeah. So we walked by, like, a legit Starbucks that, like, actually, like, I probably could have got a toasted bagel on. I was, like, if I only knew, I would have got, like, an actual bagel, not this cold 
fucking bagel I choked down. It was disgusting. <laughs> I was going to say for the next time you're there, now that you know, but you were already there again like six months after that for your, uh, what, not your brother. It was your brother-in-law's wedding, right? Your your sister's wedding? It was for my brother-in-law's uh, 30th birthday. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Very nice. Well, it doesn't know. We don't know when the next time you'll be going anywhere anytime soon, whether it be Vegas or... You know, we were supposed to go to New York for Alexis's birthday, but she's disappointed. I'm like, listen, it's not, her birthday's next month. We're not going to be going there anytime soon. I mean, that's the fucking epicenter for this coronavirus shit. We ain't going to New York at any point, probably for the foreseeable future, if not the remainder of 2020. That's how bad it is there right now, you know? Yeah, it's a cesspool right now, New York. It's a cesspool. It's bad right now. I mean, Boston, it's still up in the air. Um, I guess we might start off with this real quick. Uh, get your quick thoughts on this. I didn't have this on the rundown, but I read about it earlier. That someone, not that this really matters for anything, not that this really counts for anything, but someone had DM'd or emailed the TD Garden asking them, um, you know, what are your expectations for SummerSlam happening as planned at the TD Garden in Boston? And they said, as of right now, it's still not canceled. And obviously they haven't. I mean, it's four months out. But, I mean, things have been canceled as far back, you know, as far out as the fall, so we don't know. Um, but in your you know, estimated opinion in your, you know, in your humble opinion, do you expect SummerSlam to go on as planned or do you think it's going to be bumped from, uh, the TD garden in Boston? Um, I mean, I think, I don't know. I feel like we're still like a long way away from having like events with a ton of fans. So maybe like the only way I could see them doing it is it was either empty arena or they did like some kind of like social distancing, like not so many people a row and stuff but i mean until they get like an actual vaccine and stuff i don't really see like arenas being filled like they usually are and for the foreseeable future i would say yeah i was thinking the same i just can't envision a scenario because i think this uh this mandate with the do you guys have this too or this might be just connecticut i don't know if massachusetts has it where you have to go out and wear the masks now if you're out in public do you have that too or no um so i know in boston that they like a couple of weeks ago, they said, like, if you're going out in public, you should wear one. I live out in sticks. I mean, some people wear them out here. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really leave the house too much. But if I, like, go out in public and, like, going to, like, Target or, like, a grocery store, I usually I have one. So I just chuck it on. But, I mean, there's plenty of people that wear them, plenty of people that don't. So, I mean, it's different out here in the sticks than it is down in the city. It's not as, like, yeah. congregated yeah. as many people. But I know in Boston, it's, like, preferred. But I don't think it's, like, a law. But... I mean, I, I, I think it just depends on where you live. I know, like, like I said, Connecticut is close to New York, so obviously they're kind of, like, near where the epicenter is. But, I mean, well, I know a friend that lives down in Tennessee, and he said, like, their surge is supposed to happen until, like, mid-June. So, like, they're, like, a month away, like, two months away from that, and we're, like, in our surge now. So That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy depending on where you live and where it's spreading, but I just don't think big events will be held for the first, I would say probably for the, at least till there's a vaccine. I'm assuming. Listen, until I, I, I'm not going to any wrestling shows and marking out GSM style wearing a mask. I don't, I don't even think that's possible. I just can't. I, I can't fully enjoy myself if we're going to a show marking out for God knows who at SummerSlam and I'm wearing a mask the whole time. I wouldn't be. I would. I would probably die of exhaust, exhaustion within five minutes. I mean, I would still definitely go, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. But on that note, on that note, Rob Gronkowski, who is very likely supposed to play a very big part at SummerSlam this year, is not no longer with WWE, but his status with the company is up in the air after it was, 
Not reported, but made official a few days ago with the draft being today, which I'll ask you about in a moment. Rob Gronkowski traded back the Buccaneers along with uh, 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 Brady, Tom Brady, a couple of weeks ago, joining his fellow former Patriot. And uh, yeah, so obviously in signing back with the NFL, he retired about a year ago. I mean, obviously you know more about the situation than I do, but from my understanding, he retired about a year ago. He had a year or two left on his deal. I think it's a year at this point. But going back to the NFL um, kind of eliminates any possibility he can get physical anywhere else that would put his health at risk, specifically WWE in that contract. I would assume that you know any and any wording there would assume that he can't uh, get physical in professional wrestling or what have you. So. With that being said, Rob Gronkowski's status, I know we, we talked with this over text a couple of days ago. What was your immediate reaction? Were you surprised? And what does this mean for his future with WWE? I mean, I saw something reported like earlier in the day, like he had interest in coming back. So, I mean, I was like, like, oh, like maybe I'll come back. Who knows? And not even like five hours later, he had already been traded. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it happened really quickly. I don't know. But I mean, I, I would say until he's not on a team is... I would say, like you said, his WWE like future is probably on delay or on hold at this point because there's probably something in his contract that he can't be doing physical stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't expect him to be back anytime soon, but maybe after this year, because he's on a one-year deal, maybe after this year he just hangs him up for good and then he comes back. But, I mean, who knows at this point. Do you stand by what you said, that everything he's done after football has been a complete flop and that you're really not surprised to see him back as a result of that? I mean, his his career as an analyst was terrible. He was only on, they had brought him on maybe twice, and he was really bad. And people were like, God, he's unbearable. Yeah. So I'm not surprised he stopped at that. He had, like, some other little small ventures, but I, I don't think they blew up as much as he expected them to be. Like, this. he had, like a, like, a CBD oil, like, some, like, weed thing. I don't really, I don't really think that's really kicked off too well. Him as the host of WrestleMania, I just think he was so goofy and annoying. My dad literally hated it. He was like, he's so... <laughs> Like, yeah, I know. And I guess, like, I mean, I think his popularity basically, his, like, peak popularity is when he came out of WrestleMania 33 when we were there. I mean, besides that, I just don't really see him being anything big at, at this point. Yeah, I mean, it might actually work out for the better that SummerSlam's not in Boston. I mean, they made that deal official a year ago, back in the summer of 2019, 2019. So I'm not too, too surprised, especially if SummerSlam doesn't go on as planned. I would imagine they would have had a match set up for him or do something of note. But if the show wasn't even happening there anyway, I'm sure it doesn't even really matter much. But uh, he is the current 24-7 champion. I forgot to mention that. That's how irrelevant that championship is. What do you think they'll do to get the championship off of him, considering they haven't even had him on the show in the last month since WrestleMania 36 when he won the championship initially? I just think it's funny because I remember right when they announced they said any WWE, like, superstar then like random people want it then grok won it and now he's gone it's like they just might as well just throw it in the trash things useless Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's completely pointless our truth i would say is the only person that's kept it on life support for as long as it has been but even he having held it for 30 times you know 30 different times over the course of the past not even year because it debuted back in Money in the Bank a year ago. I mean, that's terrible. So uh, I guess we'll soon see what they do with the 24-7 championship. Final thoughts, uh, football-related, before we move on here. The draft is today. You got your whole draft set up, set up I'm, I'm assuming. You got your pretzels. You got your you got your beverage, uh, Papa Marceau as well. What are your final predictions for today's NFL draft? I think it's going to be a good night. I'm, I'm really excited. I think uh, the NFL's capitalized 
well, I would say, throughout this whole coronavirus situation. They, they kept free agency going, and that kept the buzz going for the football season. Still doing the draft tonight, which will keep more eyes on the NFL. I mean, I understand that people don't want people. If they're capitalizing on what can be done. Like, free agency, you don't need to have a conjugation of people, so they can just keep that going. Tonight, they're doing it all, like, through – it's a virtual draft, basically, so no one's, like, going to be conjugating, so – I think, and they have a big TV deal, so I mean, they gotta they gotta capitalize on that as well. So, I mean, the next tonight, tomorrow night, and then Saturday, it's, they're gonna be on pretty much all night, and then during the day. So, I think it's gonna be a good time. I'd definitely check it out if you have nothing else to do, because it's probably the only thing new on TV right now. <laughs> um, does this really affect things? The coronavirus with the draft? I mean, how did they really? How did they used to do it anyway? How do they do it normally? So it was supposed to be in Vegas. They every for the longest time it used to always be in New York City. It used to be at the uh, what the hell is the place called? Oh my god, I'm blanking on the name of the venue. What the MGM Radio Grand? City, Radio City Music Hall. Oh, okay. They used to have it there for the longest time, and then they started recently venturing out. A couple of years ago, they had it on the Philly steps, like outside where the, their government building is. They just mm. had like a space up there. Last year, it was in downtown Nashville like, on their popular country bar, like, the Bar Street. They just literally shut down the street and put a stage up at the end. And this year, it was supposed to be in Vegas at the Bellagio, like, in the middle of the fountain. They are going to put a stage up. And usually, like, guys attend. It's just, like, a big fan fest, basically. So, I guess it's basically that minus the fan fest. So, they just do the same thing, but just minus the fan fest. Okay. All right. So, it doesn't sound like it's changed too much, especially since you would be watching from home anyway, you know, seeing, you know, keep, uh, keeping up with the picks and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, nice. Now maybe I'll have to check it out tonight. There's not too much going on, so I'll have to check out the, my first ever NFL draft, especially with no WWE draft so far this year. It seems like that might fill the void for me. But uh, before we go forward with the rest of the wrestling thoughts, WrestleRant Radio, April 23rd, 2020. Forgot to mention this earlier, but you can find Mr. Marceau on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. Check me out on the Twitter machine as well at WrestleRant Facebook, facebook.com backslash Matthews. YouTube as well, youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And also the show every single Thursday right here, not only on nextairwrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. We're all over the place. So people can find the show, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and check out all the archives as well for the illustrious voice of Mr. Marceau dating as far back as 2013. So today we got a ton to talk about between Raw, Dynamite, NXT. Even with all these other shows, you know, shutting down, Ring of Honor ain't running any shows right now. NWA ain't running any shows right now for the most part. Um, AEW is limited. WWE seems to be the only promotion. Even Impact taped all their shows for the next six weeks. Um, not six weeks, like the next three months. A couple of weeks ago, WWE is the only company running live shows. But to offer an update from last week... I think this broke, I think on Friday, that WWE is not doing live shows every week anymore after next week. They're actually taping TV every other week, which I like a lot because it eliminates the possibility of them taping it all at one time, which is probably for the best, but they don't want to do that, and I get it because they want to have live shows sometimes. They must have, I mean, people got to realize, too, we won't go on a major rant about this, and I don't know if we got your thoughts on this last week, RJ, about how... I think I think you did talk about it. How if they don't do TV, they don't get their TV contracts. They don't get paid. Now, TNT may have worked out a deal with AEW where they can afford to do one live show or no live shows and just have regular content. 
I mean, I'm assuming USA Network, NBC, Fox, they paid the big bucks to get live programming every week. And maybe they worked out a deal where they can get half of those shows live for the remainder of 2021. So this may be out of WWE's hands. This may not be Vince McMahon's fault. Um, But any thoughts on the change in the schedule, the taping schedule for how they'll tape their shows going forward? So I did see a thing last week when they started going live again. They said that in the contracts with Fox and NBC, which owns USA Network, that they only have, in the contract, they can only have three tape shows a year. So they had already used those up at that point. Yes. So that's why last week they went live. I guess they made it, I guess they reached out to Fox and NBC and maybe try to revise that and see what they could do. And I guess they both agreed that said due to the circumstances, it's fine if they tape the shows. So that's why I think they went back to taping the shows now. Because now they have, now that the people that are paying them said it's okay to tape shows, now they can just tape shows now. Yeah. I guess so. I guess that's what must have happened just because it seemed a little strange for them to be like, oh, no, we're going live every week. And then to be like, oh, we're going live every other week, which I think is better because it limits down the the travel that the talent have to do. Um, so I guess we'll see. It doesn't really matter to me at this point if it's live or not because you're not going to get any spoilers because there's no crowd there. So it doesn't even really matter in my opinion. But uh, anyway, I, I think overall we'll get into Raw right now uh, as we go along here that um, I think they've made a good, they've made the most of the situation. And I think you would agree that especially with Raw, it's been as entertaining as it was, I would say, even without a crowd, as it was pre-coronavirus. SmackDown is still equally as deplorable, as equally as unbearable as it was even a couple of months ago. So anyone looking to make the excuse, oh, it's because there's no crowd, I think Raw overall has actually been a pretty good streamlined show. Now that may not be the case after running the bank, like, right now, things matter right now because they're doing qualifying matches and shit like that. That may not be the case in a month from now. So I guess we'll see. Like, the, the post-WrestleMania Raw, I thought was fucking abysmal. I did not enjoy that show at all. But now that things start to matter more, they're building up the pay-per-view, um, I, I'm enjoying the show overall. So how would you say Raw has really been different, if at all, from now compared to a couple of months ago? I would say I've enjoyed Raw a lot lately. I mean, like you said, I think with the Money in the Bank qualifying matches and just kind of more matches that have some kind of meaning to it, it kind of like makes the show more more interesting to watch, I would say. I mean, obviously the no crowd still kind of... You can definitely tell with the no crowd still, but I would definitely say with the kind of qualifying matches and something to look, out, look forward to, I mean, I think that's what makes it more... Not must-see, but makes it more interesting than just like... Just two guys fighting for no reason. Yeah, exactly. I think they're actually giving the matches more meaning. They actually serve a purpose. So that's good to see. Again, I don't know if that's going to last beyond the pay-per-view, but I guess we'll find out. But in regards to Money in the Bank, another piece of news that broke late last week with the whole taping schedule thing was that for the first time ever, next week or next month, I'm sorry, next month, Money in the Bank ladder matches, not the whole show, but rather just the ladder matches themselves, I believe, if I'm not mistaken will take place at the WWE headquarters in Stanford. I believe they may have already taped either some of the content or all of the content. I don't know. I find it hard to believe they would tape the matches themselves without setting up. Like, we don't even know who's going to be in, like, all the participants in each match so far. I think the men's has maybe four people in it of the six. The women might have four as well. So they haven't completed the fields yet for SmackDown on both the men's and women's matches. But uh, it, it's definitely unprecedented. You were the one who had sent me the graphic, which I had heard rumblings of it earlier on in the day, but I didn't know it was made official until I watched SmackDown when they officially announced it. But that's what's going to happen. So they're going to fight from the ground floor of WWE headquarters at Titan Towers and then work their way up to the roof 
and then climb a ladder to retrieve the briefcase. What was your instant reaction to the news, RJ? And are you in favor of it, or do you think it's going to be a complete train wreck? I mean, I think if you just go in immediately, think it's going to be a complete train wreck. Like you're just a mark. I mean, sorry. <laughs> like I think people always complain about WWE not doing new things, and like they're always doing the same old shit. I mean. With this circum, with these specific circumstances and what's going on, I think this is a great idea. I mean, they're going out of the box. This is something completely different that we've never seen before, really. Mm-hmm. And like, why just crap all over it before it even happens? I mean, there's already enough negativity in this world. You know, and just because they get a new idea, which you've been clamoring for for years, all of a sudden, you just, what's it? The not the cool thing to say it's going to suck. I mean, let it, let it, let, let it fucking unfold before you just start crapping all over it. Yeah, no, exactly. These are the same people. Not that I've seen a lot of people poop on the idea. It's been overall very well received so far, but anyone who is crapping on on the idea are the same people that would blame WWE for doing the same old shit and for not trying something new. Not to say that this is going to be a masterpiece. This could very well be a boring match and just it just may not work out, but at least they're trying. So I applaud them for the effort nonetheless. But I'm looking forward to seeing how it you know shakes out and what they do with it. Um, in regards to the Money in the Bank ladder match qualifying matches on Raw this week, we had three for the men, we had the three women's uh, qualifying matches last week. On Raw this week, we had Aleister Black beat Austin Theory to qualify. We had Apollo Crews knock off the former United States champion MVP to qualify. And then finally, Rey Mysterio beating Buddy Murphy, uh, or rather just Murphy, I wrote Buddy here in the, in the document for some reason, to qualify for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, any one of those that you would have changed, RJ, and the thoughts on, on, your thoughts on the matches themselves? I thought the matches were good. I think um, I really enjoyed Black and Theory. Um, I think the black mask that he put on Theory just looked amazing. It looked I great, liked- yeah. It's really good. I think um, Cruz MVP, I, I will say I was kind of surprised that MVP might have won. But, I mean, Cruz are kind of pushing right now. So, I mean, that was good as well. Pretty surprised Rey Mysterio won. I know you talked about it on hashtag. Someone said, are you, like, surprised Murphy lost? I mean, I would have probably put Murphy over. But then you said, like, it's like it's the circumstance. I mean, Rey Mysterio's only been in one Money in the Bank. It's like if you're selling the paper, you're going to put Rey Mysterio on it or Buddy Murphy. I mean, I think Murphy... Mysterio's not going to win, so I mean, that's kind of my purpose. I mean, Murphy probably won't win either, but I mean, I don't think Mysterio really has any shot to win, so I guess it's just going on the name value, but I, I would definitely, I definitely would say I was a little surprised Buddy Murphy won. Oh, that he lost, you mean? Oh, yeah, that he lost, my bad. Yeah, no, I think if you're going for a normal ladder match, I would put Buddy Murphy in there, but because it's this unique concept, I mean, I think this could be a great ladder match, and it might become a ladder match once they get to the roof. I'm not exactly sure how this thing is going to work out, um, but like brawling and stuff like that, I want to see Aleister Black black mask someone's fucking head off and have them rolling down the fucking stairs of Titan Towers. That's really what I want to say. Like Randy Orton, Mick Foley style, circa 2003, when he punted him right in the fucking head and he went tumbling down the stairs. That's what I want to see with the black mask with Aleister Black um, knocking out you know, Apollo Crews or something like that. But it was cool to see Apollo qualify. The guy's been slept on for so long now. Uh, surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, his first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Don't see him winning, but he's a good person to have in there. MVP, I thought, looked really, really good, considering that we really haven't looked, we really haven't seen him in much of a competitive environment up to this point. Um, he's been squashed by Rey Mysterio, by Drew McIntyre, so I thought this was a good use of him here. And he cut a good promo beforehand as well. And then I really like Black and Austin Theory. I thought Theory looked very good in defeat. Um, I would have loved to have seen Angel Garza in the match, but that's just not in the, their plans right now. 
Um, but on the subject of Austin Theory, I know we've talked about him before, but it, it does appear that his call-up is indeed permanent. What have your thoughts been on, on Theory's Raw run up to this point? And uh, are you in favor of him becoming a regular on Raw, or would you have rather seen him go back down to NXT? I mean, I think he's kind of utilized his his moment right now. I think his opportunity, the opportunity he got, he's he's capitalized on the, like, the opportunity they gave him. So, I mean, I wouldn't say just throw him down to NXT at this point. I, I would say he kind of fits his role in this little faction that he's in. I thought the match on Monday was probably the best match he's had so far. But, I mean, I, I think he's served a purpose and capitalizing on the opportunity that he was given. I wouldn't say that he's been, I thought, like I said, I thought he's capitalized his uh, opportunity, and I, I don't think that they should just push him down. I think, I think he's he has a start on him. Obviously, he's young and could use some seasoning, but I think if given the right opportunity, he could pan out and not have to technically go through the whole NXT process. Yeah, I do think as of, as we've discussed before, and as I've said um, on my own, that I do think pairing him off with Vega, Garza, and Andrade was absolutely for the best. Because if he wasn't, you know he would be floundering right now on Raw. So I really like the idea of him being paired with them. And the stable so far, it's had its moments. They they look good last week on Raw. They got their fucking asses handed them this week on the show. So Andrade did beat Akira Tozawa. Theory lost his match. Garza lost to Drew McIntyre. Following that match, McIntyre laid out Theory and he laid out Andrade. So I know we're kind of skipping around the Raw review here, but... What were your thoughts on how the stable was portrayed this week on Raw? Can they rebound? Is this it? Is this it already for the Zelina Vega stable? <laughs> I don't want to say it's over yet because I don't think it's over yet, but it didn't do them a lot of favors. Yeah. I mean, Andrade won his match. I mean, that's a little, a little, I guess, a little uh, giddy up on that. But in theory, he did look great in defeat. I mean, he lost to, I mean, I would say probably the Money in the Bank favorite winner. Alistair Black, he looked really good in defeat. Um, Andrade won, so that's big. And then, I guess, Garza lost the WWE Championship, so, I mean, that's not too bad either. But, I mean, if they keep piling up losses, they'll just be like the League of Nations or another faction, another heel faction that looks like they're going to be something and then just turn out to be a bunch of losers. League of Nations, that's a name I have not heard in a while. I was at the Marceau (laughs) Mod for that one. I was at the Marceau Dorm five years ago to witness the... I can't even say rise and fall because it was really just a fall from the moment they started, from the moment they formed together of the League of Nations. The League of Losers was really what they were, but man, that faction sucked. I mean, these guys have way more potential. Um, I, I, I remember not really being all that optimistic about that stable as soon as they started, but um, this one has potential, and I really hope that they're not put together for the sole purpose of putting over Drew. And I like Drew a lot, but he shouldn't be out there squashing these guys every single week, especially... If he's not facing any one of them at the pay per view, he's already beat Andrade. He beat Angel Garza this week. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll beat Austin Theory next week. Um, but as far as McIntyre goes, we already know his next championship title defense will be against Seth Rollins at the Money in the Bank pay per view. What are your thoughts on this being uh, McIntyre's first feud as WWE champion? Is he the right guy to face right now? Yeah, I would definitely say that he's the, he's probably the top heel on on Raw. So I mean, it makes sense. Um, wrong. I mean, coming off a loss at WrestleMania kind of makes no sense in theory. Like, he lost at WrestleMania, so yep. then he got a title. But, I mean, he was one of the top heels in the company. Makes sense. Um, I would say maybe hold off on it. I think I feel like it's a bigger feud for a bigger show, like a SummerSlam. But, I mean, who else has a heel do they really have at this point? 
he just beat all the other guys they have. He beat Andrade, beat Garza, then Theory. Besides that, they really don't have too many other big heels for the men. So I guess it's kind of a process of elimination. They've already he's already beaten everyone else. So at this point, he has to face Rollins. So Rollins does make sense. My only other thing is that would you have put Kevin Owens in there as well because he beat Rollins at WrestleMania to make it a triple threat at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Um, I mean, realistically, Owens should be in the match as well, but he hasn't, I don't think he's even been on TV since WrestleMania, so I'm not really sure what's going on with him, but um, I mean, in theory, he should be in the match as well. Yeah, I know he cut the promo on the Raw after Mania. It was a pre-tape promo from, like, the parking lot or something. It's not like he's not... I mean, maybe he does feel uncomfortable being at the tapings, considering he has a family and whatever. But he was at the Raw, like, at the PC. He was at a number of Raws, almost at every Raw at the PC before WrestleMania. So it's not like we haven't seen him since the coronavirus hit. Like, he's been on the show, and then we just haven't seen him since WrestleMania. Maybe it was an idea like, oh, maybe we'll have you finish out your storyline, then we won't have you on the show for a little while. I don't know. But I, I think it would make sense. I, I love the idea of McIntyre and Rollins. We know from their like mini feud, their series of matches two years ago, when Rollins was uh, feuding with uh, not Matt, he had he was feuding with Dolph Ziggler, and McIntyre was Ziggler's like bodyguard at that point. They had a number of matches back in 2018. They have good chemistry. It just doesn't make much sense coming off of his loss at WrestleMania. So I would love to see Owens get involved at some point, say something about that. He did mention in that promo after Mania. He was going to become the prize fighter again, go after the top title, and we have seen nothing about that in the last two weeks since. So hopefully he resurfaces on Raw in the coming weeks and says something about that. So I am looking forward to McIntyre and Rollins at the pay-per-view. Also in that Women's Money the Bank ladder match, we had Baszler, Asuka, and Nia Jax qualify last week. Now, we didn't really discuss this because we were getting to the releases and all that other stuff. Um, but Baszler is among those that qualified for the Women's Money the Bank ladder match. This week, she squashed Indy Hartwell the same way that she beat Sarah Logan last week. Now, Baszler, in my opinion, is probably the most likely winner of that women's Money in the Bank ladder match. What do you do, RJ, with Sheena Baszler? I mean, she's qualified. Do you ever win the briefcase? And if she doesn't, how does she go from losing to Becky, losing the briefcase, and then going right after Becky? Because I would assume they're going to resume that rivalry at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, realistically, they should have just done Becky and Sheena at the pay-per-view. I mm-hmm. mean... She didn't. She lost, but she didn't like. She didn't tap her out or something. Kind of like a fluke. So I mean, I think wrestling one on one, you'd have her face around Money in the Bank and then win there. But clearly, they're going with a different route. I just it's, it's one of those things that we've discussed multiple times. Like she doesn't need the briefcase to to get a title match. She's already had one, and mm-hmm. she's pretty much not guaranteed one. But like she kind of has a rematch, like in the book. So like. That kind of annoys me because I think the briefcases should always be for someone that like needs the briefcase to get to that top title. So like that, I think it's kind of a waste. And I mean, I think she'll win, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if like Sasha wins if she qualifies for the match either. And then if Shayna loses twice in a row, then how could she be like, oh, now I need, now I'm like the title contender? Because then Becky would be like, you just lost twice in a row. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my issue with it. I wouldn't hate if Shayna wins. I just don't really think, as I've said before, it doesn't really fit her character. So it's nope. kind of an odd fit for me. Um, Sasha winning makes more sense to me because you have the whole story with Bailey, and I guess, I mean, not that they'll do this, but because they've already said that if you win your briefcase, you have to cash in on your brand's champion. But you could tease going after Becky on Raw, another four horsewomen in Charlotte on NXT. So there's a lot of options there with Sasha compared to Shayna. I just think Shayna beating Becky straight up would make more sense. 
Um, and I guess we'll see where they go with that. Speaking of Sarah Logan, they had Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot on this week's show. Liv Morgan beat Ruby Riot. The match was decent. I don't really know why they took time off from the feud and then went back to it a month and a half later. That just seems weird to me. Why not just do the match at WrestleMania as opposed to fucking Liv Morgan versus Natalia? That was weird. We discussed, I asked you that a couple of weeks ago. I asked you, why didn't they just do that? You know, and then Ruby Riot. It's not like, oh, I don't want to be on the shows. She was on the night after WrestleMania, so it was very weird. Or maybe last week, not the night after WrestleMania. Anyway, so with Sarah Logan, it was reported earlier on in the day that she would be appearing on Raw, despite being fired last week in WWE. So she did not appear on the show. Maybe the rumor, or, you know, the reports got out, and they were like, because WWE does this a lot. When the when, when word gets out about it and their surprise is spoiled, they like to swerve people and then not do it. So whatever. There's no crowd there, so it doesn't even matter anyway. Not that she would have gotten a reaction even, even if there was a crowd. But, uh, and, you know, it's Sarah Logan we're talking about here. And then Ryan Satin, who's a pretty credible source from Pro Wrestling Sheet, responded to someone saying that she is definitely not re-signed. So it's like, what's the wh- what's going on here, RJ? Is the mindset that they're paying them for the next 90 days, that's why they're bringing her back? Like, what's going on here with Sarah Logan, and do you care for it at all? I mean, I think, I'm not really sure how to even go after this. Like, I think it's just, not that it's funny, it's just weird. Like, when the company started pushing Sarah Logan, just like a little bit, I mean, she was never really on TV, she was only on main event. Once they started pushing her, that's when she got released. And, like, not like I'm clamoring for a Riot Squad, like, feud, but they also, like, teased that, too, and then never kind of capitalized on it. So maybe that's what they are going for, and then, like, just, like, the whole coronavirus, and, like, oh, we gotta get rid of some people, and she just was one of the people. I think it was just kind of weird. How she was getting pushed, and all of a sudden, she was one of the people getting released. Yeah, just bizarre. Just the timing is weird. Like, do you bring her back to do a Riot Squad triple threat, even though she's already fired? Like, they're doing that with Drake right now, Drake Maverick. That's a tournament, so it's a little different. We'll get to that later. Just the whole thing is weird. I don't know. I mean... I mean, technically, I'm pretty sure they have to pay them the next 90 days anyway. Yes. So, I mean... Yeah. And then maybe if she does it, and they like it... When they this kind of all subsides, they'd be like, oh, she did us a solid, even though she didn't have to that, return that, the favor. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what I would say. Like, because plenty of people are, why the hell would you go back? It's like, well, maybe if you go back and do the right, what they consider the right thing, when this whole situation's over, they, they guess who the first person they call is Sarah Logan. Hey, we know everything's better. We want you to come back. There you go. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've just never. I have No, I'm not coming back, and the company's in bad bad booking with her and then they're just like they everything's bad like oh we're not gonna bring her back yeah yeah i don't know i just find it weird i've never seen a situation where someone gets fired and then yeah the whole oh we get to pay them for the next 90 days but that's not just a coronavirus thing that's been the case for god knows how long since they started releasing people and doing the whole non-compete clause for 90 days which is a sham in and of itself but that's a different story for a different day um, I just don't know. I've never seen that before. Like, is it, are they, do they need to go back? Like if they ask her to go back, is it her choice? Cause she got fired or are they still in control of her? Even though they said, Hey, we don't watch you anymore, but we need you to come back in. Like it's very bizarre to me. Um, I guess we'll find out at some point. The whole thing is just weird. Again, I'm not clamoring for a riot squad, triple threat match, but maybe that's where they're going with this at the pay-per-view. Who knows? Um, let's see. Charlotte Flair knocking off Caden Carter on raw this week. Bianca Belair making a statement against Santina Garrett. A lot of women's matches on the show, which I thought was nice. Uh, I think we had, let's see, the Shayna match. We had the Liv, and Morgan, the Liv Morgan Ruby Riot match. Charlotte's match. Bianca's match, which is three right there, and four, including 
not really can call this much of a match. It was more of a, a murder, a one-sided annihilation of Kyrie Sane, courtesy of Nia Jax. What the fuck is going on, Nia Jax, dude? She is so fucking bad. She's terrible. Yeah. She, she's just another example of someone that got called up way too soon, and she's borderline, yeah, dangerous. I would say reckless in the ring. She's hurt so many women. I just, I mean, I understand she's related to The Rock, and that gets here far away, but, I mean, come on. Like, I've never really been a big fan of hers. I really don't see her, like, as, like, a star for them, so I don't really understand why they keep going out of their way to to put her over. Like I said, maybe it's because her cousin's a rock and that's kind of just what she has. But I mean, she just, she's just never done it for me. I just don't think she's really good in the ring on the mic. She just, she's just another body. I would say, and I just think they're just obsessed with her and kind of over her at this point. I'm I'm sorry, but anyone, anyone pitching for her to win the briefcase is just trying to be a hipster for the sake of being a hipster. (laughs) Like, that's just trying to have a bold opinion for the sake of having a bold opinion. Because I cannot imagine in any situation Nia Jax having that briefcase being a good thing. Like, she's just not good. She's not. And Kyrie Sane just got almost fucking, almost died in the ring. I hate to exaggerate, but, like, she almost killed her. And that's that's far from the first time that something like that has happened. Now, we've heard a lot of rumblings in recent months, even well before this whole pandemic happened. That Kyrie Sane's contract is set to expire this year along with Io Shirai's. I don't think I've asked this, RJ, here on the show before, but I'll ask you now. Do you think there's any chance, or do you think there's a good chance, Kyrie Sane leaves when her contract expires later on this year, and maybe that's why they're booking her this way? Um, I don't really know. I would I I feel like it's kind of like I mean, I think it's like slowly kind of trying to turn her face. I think they're slowly trying to turn her face and kind of turn on Asuka. I feel like all the attention at this point is kind of on Asuka. Asuka's, like, keeps winning and, like, hasn't really helped Kyrie at all. And I think that's what's more going to than the fact that she's going to... That she's going to... Get buried leave. and leave, yeah. I just, like, I don't really know at this point. I mean, at this point, if the whole COVID situation, I mean, why would you leave at this point? I don't know if, if those shows that in Japan are even running at this point. No, they're not, yeah. Or the money. I just, I don't know. I think... I like I someone said I think if someone on hashtag that she was buried. She's definitely not buried at this point. She's definitely not the worst cop ever. I mean, I think they could have capitalized more on her as a face. I think a lot of people knew her from her NXT run, May Young Classic. I think she has like a good little gimmick, and then they I think that's maybe why people are kind of soured on her because I think they had she had a good gimmick and they kind of just like nixed it. But I mean, I've enjoyed. It. I think she's a really good wrestler. I think it'd be a big mistake letting her go. Um, because I think she brings something different than the most other people, and I think it would be a mistake. But maybe they just don't—they just see her as Oscar 2.0, and just kind of get rid of her at that point. I don't know. They've just—they tried so hard to get her to the company. They brought her in for the Mayon Classic. She won the thing, and then just to let her go a few years later just seems bizarre to me. I mean, it's not unheard of. I mean, they tried hard to get a lot of people in that company, and they just do nothing with them, and then they leave soon after. I mean, again, far from the only time this is that something like this has happened. But I just, I don't know, I, I don't see a situation, I could see her leaving, it's always possible, but she doesn't scream like the type of person to me that is super unhappy with her position, she hasn't been buried, she's on the show literally every single week. Um, yeah, she hasn't won many singles matches, but how many tag teams win singles matches anyway? Like, I couldn't tell you the last time The Miz won a singles match, like, I, I don't know, I mean, I don't, it's, it's not really, you know what I mean? So it's just weird. Yeah, but to what you're saying, I mean, yeah, they brought, they put a ton of attention, like, bringing her in, but like, 
was that more Triple H bringing her in? He yeah, really good point. Her. Good point. Yeah. Then she gets called up, and then he doesn't have the, as much say as he does anymore. I mean, that's. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that too. Like, why in NXT were they good and they suck in the main roster? I mean, at the end of the day, in NXT, it's whatever Triple H wants. When they go up to the main roster, it's whatever Vince McMahon wants. If Vince McMahon doesn't want you there, guess what? You ain't going anywhere. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I agree. That's probably a factor. Just, I don't know. I, I, I personally don't see her leaving, nor do I see Io Shirai leaving, unless they really want to go back to Japan because the money's better over there. Um, I guess we'll see. I didn't really think about the Oscar Kairi Sane scenario, though that is also very likely. And I would like to see it. It gives the women's division and that, you know, and it gives the women's division another story to work with. The matches could be really, really good. Hopefully it stops the whole screaming thing, which is so unbearable, so bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we get that, you know, either at Money in the Bank or at some point in the near future. Yeah, it seemed like, I don't know, like, because they keep showing, like, Asuka, like, backstage. Like, she's, like, being, like, a goofball, like, during her match. She's, like, dancing and, like, yelling at the TV. Like, shouldn't she be, like, out there with her? Like, yeah. I think, like, like kind of, like, a slow turn of, like, oh, like, I was losing and, like, you weren't out there helping me and, like, weren't really supporting me and then she'd go face. I don't know. I just think the tag team division as a whole for women's just this point just scrap the thing i mean does anyone really care at this point you got your <laughs> division and then you can tell like there's just they have a ton of women but like you can't just like make all these makeshift tag teams and then just like oh we have a tag team division like it just doesn't work like that and i just think they should just nix the tag team division at this point i don't know what you think yeah no i totally agree i i've said that since the get-go i i have never liked the idea of a tag team division i was saying that a year or two ago i've been saying that forever i have never liked the idea of a tag team division i know you pitched it a long time ago and that was at a time when they were doing more tag teams. Remember that whole triple threat team bad, team Bella bullshit? I mean, it made a little bit of sense then. But, I mean, yeah, they have women's... St- but, dude, first of all, they've had the same three or four women's tag teams for the last year now. Second of all, those championships have never meant anything. They've never put any emphasis on those championships whatsoever. We're lucky those the main championships for the women to get any attention, let alone the fucking tag titles. They don't have that many women where they can afford to have a tag team division. They just don't. They have like a million men on the roster, so it's like, okay, it makes sense. Even though those tag team titles usually don't really mean much. That's a whole other story. For the women, they just don't have enough women that they put enough effort into. Like, Carmella means nothing right now. Dana Brooke is just, I don't even know what to say about Dana Brooke. Uh, Nia Jax is terrible. Tamina's terrible. Like, they really don't have as many women, I think, as people think they do. And yeah, between NXT, I guess, but they haven't even really done much of the tag team title stuff in NXT. They did it once with the Kabuki Warrior six months ago, and that's it, when they faced um, Knox and Dakota Kai, which was cool, but they haven't done any of it since. So I would just nix it all together. I completely agree. Speaking of NXT, kicking off the show this week, it was supposed to be Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor in what was kind of like an NXT number one contender's championship match. Um, Balor, we were told, we didn't even see him. It was said that he was attacked, so I'm assuming he wasn't even on the show, didn't even make it to the taping. Because otherwise, they would have either shown him get attacked or showed his body laid on the ground. They didn't even do that. So, uh, who do you think attacked Finn Balor? Was it Killer Cross? Was it Walter? Who do you think was it? Uh, I would say Imperium attacked him. I mean, he's been feuding with them. I'm assuming they can't continue this at, at this point because of the whole coronavirus thing. I'm pretty sure Walter's in the UK. So, But I, I would say the end, at the end of this story is going to be Walter's the one that attacked him. Yeah, probably. Do you think they'll do the match? They've already rescheduled the NXT TakeOver Dublin show for October. Do you think they do the match before then? Depending on how this goes, they could. But, I mean, at this point, who knows how long it's going to last. It might it might not be until that point. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, so the match was changed to Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee 
versus the Undisputed Era's Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Turn to Dream and Dexter Loomis after Lee got attacked by Damian Priest. They face off next week for the NXT North American Championship. Dream pinning Adam Cole in the end. So a few different questions here. Uh, and There was a lot going on at the end of the show here. What were your thoughts on Dexter Loomis, of all people, getting involved in the main event? I haven't really got your two cents on Dexter Loomis yet in NXT. I mean, he's all right. I mean, he's from, I remember him from TNA, Sam Shaw. I mean, he's all right. He's a de- decent hand. I just don't really see him doing too much, like being too prominent on the show. But, I mean, it was what it was. I wasn't, like, marking out because I saw Dexter Loomis. I mean, if anything, the whole Damian Priest, Keith Lee thing, I'm just over that. Like, how many times has this guy had a title shot and lost? I mean, next thing at this point, I'm just like, when I saw that, I'm like, who cares? Is that your prediction? Do you think Keith Lee wins the next week, or does Damian Priest take the title? I hope that Keith Lee retains. I'm not a big Damian Priest fan, you know that. I just, I don't know, he just does nothing for me. I've tried to invest in him, I just don't really care about him. I don't think he's really that good, and I just think his matches are pretty boring. So, I hope Keith Lee wins, but who knows at this point. So, assuming Lee retains the championship next week, who else would you put up against Keith Lee as the next NXT North American Championship challenger? we got to freshen up the scene because we've had Dijakovic in there. We've had Cameron Grimes. We've had Damian Priest. We need some fresh faces here. Maybe Killer Cross. Maybe that's his first feud. He goes and face Keith Lee and wins the North American Championship. I mean, besides that, I feel like they really don't have any of the like, big heels I can think of at the top of my head that I would, that I would put in there with them. He's already beat Roderick Strong, so he's already yeah. beaten him. Um, Killer Cross is an option. Dexter Loomis, I would say, but it seems like he's a face. I'm not really sure what where they're going with him. Um, I would say Killian Dane, but I feel like we've been down that road before too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he faced him faced him a few times. I don't Man, know, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think some of the cruiserweights would be, would be cool in that spot. Someone like a Kushida or an Isaiah Swerve Scott, but they're currently in the in the cruiserweight championship pictures. So that ain't happened anytime either. Yeah, I, I I would just say do Killer Cross if he wins, like he wins, he wins on next week, and then he gets attacked by Killer Cross, and that's the next thing. What about as an idea? Because I don't think they have any feuds right now. Uh, we'll kind of transition into this. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae had their sit down, not really interview, but like their the explanation of their actions uh, two weeks ago from NXT. Cutting a very heelish promo, explaining why you know the crowd turned on him, specifically Johnny how they want to be co-NXT and NXT Women's Champions, respectively. All this other stuff. And now Candice kind of, uh, you know, she was the, the mama bear, so to speak, of that women's division, and then no one was there for her. And all this other stuff. And then Ciampa being better, or not, you know, Gargano being better than Ciampa, blah, 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 blah. So they both want to be champions. Gargano specifically said he wants to be NXT champion. Though, at the same time, we've already seen him against Adam Cole a million times, so I don't see that's happening anytime soon. Could you see a scenario where we get Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee in a fresh feud for the NXT North American Championship? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, I just, like you said, him versus Adam Cole again, no thanks. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. I don't need to see that again. Um, but I think that would be cool. I don't, th- I don't think I've really seen him. I don't think him and Lee have crossed paths at all. So, I mean, definitely be fresh and new. Um one thing about his promo that, like, kind of annoyed me a little bit, he was like, oh, I'm the face of NXT, blah, 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 like, better than, like, all these people that he listed off. I'm like, yeah, because you've been on NXT for, like, 20 years, dude. Yeah. You've done it all. At this point, like, yeah, because you've literally faced every, basically everybody. I mean, I don't know. That kind of annoyed me, but it, it kind of, I mean, it is what it is. But I feel like 
he like at this point he's kind of got to the point that when we like say like he's literally faced basically everybody at this point i mean it's just kind of at this point it's like either call him up or like i guess he's there for life at this point Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I completely agree. I think it's at a point now with Gargano where if you turn him heel, I mean, he already is a heel, but, like, I just don't know where you go with him from here. I feel like you turn him heel, he's already been a heel before. He's gone from North American champion. He's held every championship. But, yeah, I, I want, I, I just really want one of his rivals to say, like, I'm surprised Ballard didn't bring this up, that I feel like he's at a point now where... I don't know. I feel like they should bring up that you've been down in developmental for five years. That's why you've done all of this stuff. Like, how has no one brought that up so far? Like, you're not good enough for the main roster, right? Like, wouldn't that make sense for someone to bring up? It would, but they don't use logic. But like you, like exactly when he said he was like, "Oh, I, I like was a bigger face of NXT than Kevin Owens." I want like, yeah, he was there for two months and won the title and went to the main roster. And he's been one of the bigger guys on the show for the last couple of years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're like basically a glorified loser because you're a veteran and you've been in developmental for so long. It's like... We're bragging about how great you are. It's like you're not that great because you never gold up. I know. He's like, oh, I'm better than Kevin Owens and Nakamura. It's like, because Vince wanted those people in the main roster. Owens got called up in six months because Vince wanted them so bad. That means he doesn't want you. I mean, in storyline, right? Like, wouldn't that make sense? It would, but they're not going to bring that up. That's, that's too logical. It, they yeah. Loser then at that point because it makes yeah. you look like a big loser. You're you're only good enough for developmental kids. Sorry, sorry, pal. <laughs> uh, real quickly before we move on, we'll, we'll wind it down here from NXT. Um, we also had the continuation of the interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Uh, we had Jake Atlas knocking off the recently fired Drake Maverick. We had Kushina beating uh, Tony Nice and El Ijo del Fantasma beating Jack Gallagher. Uh, what were your thoughts on the matches and uh, Drake Maverick losing despite being fired? I mean, what, what's going on with Drake Maverick? I feel like we had we heard from him more than anyone else on this entire show. Yeah, I, th- I think all three matches were all good little matches. I, I wouldn't say there any of them were like fantastic. I thought they were all pretty good, good watching, good good wrestling there. I mean, I feel like that story has to be Drake Maverick wins, right? I mean, I, I, I feel like that's why they're putting so much attention on him. Like, because all the, the all like the... I want to say attention, but all like the media that got from his like basically his like farewell to WWE about what happened to him. I mean, that got a lot of attention, and really to keep bringing that up and like that this is gonna be his moment. And like like you said, we really haven't heard a lot from everyone else. I mean, I think like obviously lost this match, but I, I feel like he has to win, right? Yeah, I mean at this point they're, they so this is what happened. So they interviewed him beforehand. They had that extensive video package more than anyone else. Where he was like, oh, I have nothing left to lose, I have to win, blah, blah, blah. He loses, which I thought they may have given him like a, a, a quick win. I forgot who else is in his group. I feel like you got to give him at least one win. Like, he may not, he shouldn't have beat Jake Atlas because Jake Atlas needed a win because he lost his debut a couple of weeks ago. He needed this, but maybe he beats, I don't know, fucking Tony Nese or some shit, I don't know. Like, if Akira Tozawa can beat Isaiah Swerve Scott, you can give Drake Maverick a win too. So anyway, they, they had that pre-match video package. They then interviewed him later on in the show, in the stairwell, and then they interviewed him again for a WWE.com thing after the show went off the air. So, if you're putting... He was on the fucking bump yesterday, too, that that awful YouTube show that they do, which, I mean, that doesn't really mean much. Like, I feel like if they're referenced... They even showed the emotional video where he was like, oh, I got fired and I have nothing left to lose, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you're going that far, I feel like... Is this a work, RJ? This can't be a work, right? Like, I feel like it'd be a big fuck you to everyone else. Be like, oh, you're all fired except for... Th-. I mean, he's fired, but he's not actually fired. It was part of a storyline. Like, this this isn't a work, right? I don't think it's a work, but I think 
I think they like meant to fire him, but I think like the like I said, the, all the attention it got from that video posted. Now they're just trying to capitalize on all the yeah attention. But I mean, like you said, they interviewed him. They like talked about him so much more last night than like like Adam Cole I'm like alright relax <laughs> yeah I'm surprised I, we'll see where it goes and I would like I would hey, listen I would love for him to win the whole thing I'm a big Drake Maverick guy I think anyone with a heart wants to see this guy overcome uh, and prevail and win the championship and maybe Devlin beats him in the end I don't know again I don't know when the next time we'll see Devlin in NX due to the whole due to the whole travel ban shit um, but it, yeah it's crazy it, it's really really nuts so I guess we'll find out uh What's going on with Maverick going forward? Got to get your thoughts on El Ijo Del Fantasma debuting, beating Jack Gallagher in the NXT title tourney, uh, uh, tournament match. Uh, he is the former King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. He was in Impact a few years ago. Were you as impressed with him here as you were in Lucha a number of years ago? I know it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's a good worker. I mean, I think it's a good get for, for NXT, the Cruiserweight division. I, I think... I remember, remember him more fondly in Lucha. I mean, I feel like he was one of the bigger guys they had in Lucha Underground. He was an original, I think, too. It was great to see him back. I, I don't really watch uh, Impact too much, but it was great to see him back. I mean, I think he's a good good wrestler, and it's a good get for the division. And another thing with him, too, is that I don't think he'll fall, in my opinion. I mean, he very well may, but I don't think he'll fall under the whole Grammatalik, Lince Dorado category because the guy is as tall as shit. You know, you know, you know. Vince is gonna get one look at him and think he's that he's Del Rio's brother or something like that. Like he's gonna want to take the mask off of him in five minutes and be like, "Oh, push him, push him." And the, and the guy is good. Um, I don't know if he could speak English. I've heard that he can. I don't remember if he spoke any English in uh, in Lucha, but uh, he is really good. Good to see him back. He was an original over there, and it's been a while since I last. I mean, he was an Impact like three years ago, so it's good to see him back after all this time. Uh, real quickly from Dynamite last night, really not too newsworthy of a show. We did find out the semifinals in the AEW TNT Championship Tournament. Darby Allen knocking off Sammy Guevara. And then in the main event, Dustin Rhodes, who if he lost, he retired. Like, dude, give me a fucking break. I don't know. If, if, did I text you about this where it's like, oh, if he loses, he retires. Like, no shit he's going to win against Kip fucking saving. Give me a break. You did um, not text me. I could have used some, a little good rant from you. You did not <laughs> I can't believe we didn't discuss that because that's one of those things that we like laugh over. Like, dude, that's so dumb. I know it made the match more a little more meaningful, but like you knew he wasn't gonna lose, so why would you even do that? You know? Yeah, it's just stupid. Like, it should be. If anything, it'd be one thing if he would be like, if I is it just that matches the tur- anything in the tournament? Like, mm-hmm. one thing. If I lose in the tournament at all, I'm gonna retire. It's like, yeah. Okay. So, like. Makes a little bit more, but if I lose a Kip C in my retirement, like, who cares? Exactly. Like, it's not even like he's been on a losing streak and, he, you know, he needs to win a match. Didn't he just win, like, a couple weeks ago, like, QT Marshall or something like that? <laughs> like, yeah, QT Marshall won their tag. I don't know who they faced. They won a tag team match, though. Yeah, some job guys, I think. Or maybe, I think it might have been the Dark Orders 8 and 9 or some shit or whatever. But anyway, um, that, that, that was just bizarre. But uh, two good matches. I thought Allen and Guevara, uh, Sammy Guevara was the highlight of the show. They had a promo from Matt Hardy inviting Sammy Guevara to the compound. So I guess they're kind of transitioning the Hardy-Jericho feud into um, excuse me, Hardy and, and Guevara, which is interesting. They had Kenny Omega in action. They had Orange Cassidy knocking off Jimmy Havoc. They had Wardlow and Brody Lee winning their respective matches. Um, any big takeaways from Dynamite this week? Not too newsworthy. I thought it was a good show, but nothing too, uh, too exciting from the show this week, I thought. No, I thought it was a good show. Like you said, it was kind of just like... All, basically all jaw matches besides the two qualifiers. Um, I died laughing at the MJF vignette. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was great. I, I can't wrestle. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> um, 
but no, besides that, I thought I thought the show was was good. I mean, the whole Brody Lee Vince McMahon stuff is just stupid. I don't I, like I, it either. I, I could go on a rant for days about how annoying I think that is. But besides that, I thought it was that was a good show. Um, don't know why Kip Sabian's like with Jimmy Havoc now. Couldn't tell you why they're doing that. But yep. I mean, that's just another and AEW like everyone needs to be in a faction, so I got to put another guy with another guy. I mean. <laughs> stupid i don't know i'm just like like why jericho just was like oh they're friends like like we're supposed to know they're friends now like he's like oh yeah they've been friends for a long time like i mean he's fine with like the act's good enough with penelope Ford. he doesn't need now jimmy havoc like who yeah cares? yeah it's a it's a very <laughs> odd fit it's a very strange fit but uh, they are facing. It's going to be Havoc and Kip Sabian next week against Best Friends. The I love Orange Cassidy. Unfortunately, the matches aren't the same without a crowd. Like that pack match of Revolution, I fucking loved. But that was largely because of the crowd, you know. But it was it just not the same. And it and it sucks. But they're making do with the people in the audience. So at least they're trying. Um, one final question for you on the AEW front. Next week, the semifinals in the AEW TNT Championship Tournament take place with Cody Rhodes facing or Cody facing Darby Allen and Dustin Rhodes facing Lance Archer. So who do you think wins among those matches and who goes on to win the entire thing in a few weeks or I think a double or nothing is when the finals will take place, I believe. It's not an easy one, Jess. Um, I want to say Allen and Archer are going to win, but then I'm like just like so like the casual people like no one knows who the fuck they are. So I, I kind of feel like Cody might win just for like name value and just like getting someone that people know. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like really, I think if I was betting on it, I would say Cody and Archer, but I want Allen and Archer because I think that makes more sense. Yeah, well, they're building up Cody and Archer right now, but I wouldn't give that away so soon. I mean, it will be at the pay-per-view. So that would make sense. I, I, I can see that happening. I, Cody and Archer is my pick. I would like Allen and Archer because I think they might even have even better chemistry because Allen's great and he does work better with bigger people. So I would like to see that, though I do think it will be Cody and Archer. But in your opinion, who goes on to win the entire thing? I would say Vance Archer is probably going to win the or Lance Archer. Right <laughs> what are you, Vince I, McMahon? <laughs> <laughs> I would say Lance Archer is going to win it. Um, the only, the, I like. I think he's a. I think he's a good wrestling stuff. I just. I feel like they already have it. Like they have him. They have Brody Lee. They have Wardlaw. They, they have like three monster heels. Like how many guys do you really need that in that same kind of role? Yep. I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's good. I like him with Jake the Snake. But I mean, kind of like how many big heel monsters are you gonna have? It's just kind of silly. I feel like that as well. But I feel like Archer. Sh- I don't know. I think he should win. But I could if Cody makes, I could so see him winning it, and then like they have. I would have an Archer win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cody wins it. Yeah, because he can't win the world championship right now. I could see that happening. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I didn't really even think about that, but they have a lot of monster heels. And it's good they have big guys because they have a lot of smaller guys. But they definitely have to differentiate between the three of them. Um, You know, Wardlow is supposed to be the bodyguard for MJF, so that kind of makes sense. Archer's with Jake. And then Brody. Brody is probably the least um, developed of the three, I would say. I mean, with the whole Vince thing, he's like, oh, you're 6'1", did you used to play football? Like, dude, who fucking cares? Like, what's this whole Mr. Brody Lee shit? I don't like it at all. I love I love Brody Lee. I think the guy is great. The character is so dumb, and I don't know if it's his idea or AEW's idea to take shots at Vince, and it's not even like I'm a WWE mark through and through. I mean, I am, but it's not why, it's, it's not why I don't like this. I just think it's like I've seen this in TNA a million times. Like, who fucking cares? It doesn't make me want to boo the guy. 
I don't know. It just doesn't fit his whole, like, oh, I'm a menacing monster, but I'm also going to act like Vince McMahon. Like, he, it, it feels like he's trying to serve too many masters here, and it's like he's trying to fulfill one too many characters at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's bizarre, it, but... uh, This doesn't, like, just keep him out of your mouth. Like, it like the, doesn't solve anything. You just keep bringing it up. It's just... I don't know. I think it's just stupid. I think, like you said, I think he's a good wrestler on his own. The character... Like, it's not even like he just came in as Brody Lee and has no kind of, like, character at all, and that's what they went with. Like, he's in the Dark Order, so, like, he has something to, like, evolve a character around, but no, he's Vince McMahon Jr. Like, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. It's it's ridiculous, so... Anyway, um, I do like AEW overall right now. They are building to a very strong show next week that I'm looking forward to. I'll probably be watching Dynamite first next Wednesday. There's a lot of good wrestling on Wednesdays despite the current circumstances, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, very happy to have you on the show again, Mr. Marceau, for like the third or fourth consecutive week. Looking forward to next week as well. Any closing thoughts before we ride off into the sunset? Uh, the only other thing I had, we skipped on NXT. Uh, what is it right here? <laughs> Kai and Gonzalez is not just bit black. I actually oh, right. enjoyed that match a lot. Yeah. Um, and I will say, even though she's pretty crappy in the ring, Gonzalez is, yeah. I thought her finisher was ridiculously good. What was her finisher like, again? She, like, picked her up and, like, basically, it's, like, basically like a choke slam, but she, like, caught her and then, like, brought her down and then brought her up and just slammed her on the ground. I was like, that actually looks like, it was, like, one of those finishes that, like, looks like a finisher. I'd have to go back and watch. I think I might have missed it, but I, I think the match was all right. And I do agree Gonzalez is a work in progress, but, I mean, if she has a good finisher, hey, that's all that matters. And I'm glad she picked up the win because she needed the credibility because they had her get beat last week by Tegan Knox. Not that not that Tegan Knox should lose every match that she's in, of course. That'd be dumb. I just, why not do a DQ or something? I thought that was bizarre. But, uh, you know, I thought that was decent as well. I like the Kai and Gonzalez tag team, and I like their little mini feud right now with... Uh, Knox and Blackheart are, are, are uh, two among my favorites at the moment. But, um, yeah, completely agree. Looking forward tonight to hopefully watching the NFL draft. You, gonna, you ready, Mr. Marceau? You got your popcorn ready and your beverage? Can't wait. I'm getting 99 pickup. <laughs> what's, what's your beverage of choice for this thing? Uh, probably a nice ice water. Nice ice water? Not even a beer or anything? Not even a, not even a Sprite? I got work tomorrow. I can't get silly. <laughs> work from home and quarantine edition. I love it. Even even at home, Mr. Marcel can't get tipsy. I absolutely love it. All right, Mr. Marcel. People can find you on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. They can check out all your other appearances right here on WrestleRant Radio, not only on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. You're all over the place. Record the show. Review the show. Uh, you know, check it back, subscribe to the show, send it to me over MySpace, AIM, all that other Tout. shit. What'd you say? Tout. <laughs> Tout. TikTok, Flim Flam, you know the drill. Uh, Mr. Marceau, thanks as always for joining me. I'll talk to you next week. See you later, Jason. All right, adios, brother. Bye.